This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are celebrating 300 episodes of Ear Biscuits. That's the name of the podcast. We already said that. And we're gonna be doing that by hearing, hearing from you. Yes, we have done, we have just embraced. You are now on the line. Modern technology. It's not gonna be live. It's not that modern, actually. Uh, thank you to all of you who recorded, essentially, voicemails, uh, filling in the blanks, completing sentences. We had a few prompts that, we're gonna, that we went through that we sent out there into the ether, and you responded. Many of you responded yeah. with lots of heartfelt, funny, even some weird things that you said, and uh, we're gonna be covering a, a, more than a handful. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun getting a little a little taste of some of these and um, selecting some of them. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, this will give you an opportunity to see how much you remember and if you agree or disagree with what was the most impactful or the most memorable moments or that type of stuff. If you are new to Ear Biscuits, or you, you know, there's no shame in not having listened to everything. I mean, no, just, I, just a little I certainly don't remember all of it. It's, it's like, I think I was here for most of all of it, yeah. But if you weren't, this what, is an opportunity to say, hey, I might have to go back and find where they were talking about this or what referring year, to this. What year was episode one? I remember we were in the, uh, yeah, we were in the other studio. We bought this table. I mean. Uh, I mean, we were in the other studio doing that podcast for more than a year. And we, we've been in this studio for at least five, six. Of course, the Ear Biscuit started off as us interviewing other YouTubers and getting their story. That's not what the podcast is now, and I'm glad it is what it is. Man, it's evolved so much. I don't. We're not going to get into that. We're basically talking about the current iteration of Ear Biscuits and um, how that's impacted. Well, really, that's what your you, that's what you talked. That's about true. Because we all, left it open ended. We left it open ended, and um, no one, in as far as I understood, like recognized or brought up anything from there's those one, early days. Well, th there's one like intermediate episode which uh which which we'll talk about. But, you know, I'll give credit to Stevie. She she was instrumental in encouraging us to start a podcast. I remember back when we were trying to figure out what we were going to call it. We were getting the rug, we were getting the the table. Um and you know what? That turned out to be a great decision. Hmm. So so much of our professional development has, it, this has been such a catalyst for that in terms of w what what our brand means, how we talk to ourse ourselves and how we talk to each other. That's pretty much what it is. And how we that talk was the other option for to our tagline. audience. Welcome to When We Talk To Ourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's 
this show has had such an impact on our lives and our our friendship, and um, I'm very grateful for it. And I, in some ways, 300 doesn't seem like a lot. When, but when it's when, once a week, when you've done 2,000 episodes of Good Mythical Morning, but that's not a reason not to celebrate because yeah. it is a lot. And damn it, we are going to celebrate. This is this is. This and, is special. And I think as we go through some of your responses, maybe, uh, you know, that's gonna give us some th- stuff to talk about, about what the podcast has meant for us as it has meant things for you. But before we get into that first one, yeah, I'm very excited about September because you know what, around here in Ear Biscuits land, <laughs> it's not called September. Nope. It's called Sextember. He said Sextember. That's right, starting next week and continuing through the month of September, we're gonna be doing nothing but talking about sex on Ear Biscuits for a full freaking month. I'm talking four episodes in a row. Um, the, and the, I'll go ahead and say it, the last episode, the fourth one, we will be um, taking your questions, which we will be asking you to, su- to submit to us over the course of, uh, starting now, if there's any question you want us to answer, any topic you want us to discuss in the world of sex, September, we're falling. Well, that's we're good. Falling like that. We're falling face first into what? Uh, well, let's save that. More sex. Yeah, so I think maybe for the full month, uh, you know, I don't know. But this is not. I mean, this uh, this podcast is. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get too doesn't get too damn bad. <laughs> that's about as bad. That's about as bad as it gets. I was just illustrating how we might curse every once in a while. But let me well, just tell you, cursing and sex have really nothing to do with each I, other. Well, right? well, it depends on if you come from an evangelical background or not. But which we will get into. But what I'm getting at cursing is cursing during sex. We are let's not, talk about that. We're not going to be. I mean, we're going to be talking openly. We're going to be talking openly about sex. And so, if that's not something that you, if you don't want your Strap children, your children to be or, educated by us, and we're not going to do this to educate. You just they may they may just get an, you know a sideways education. Well, I guarantee you, everybody's going to get an education on us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So sex timber, mark your calendars. It's pretty much just you know once a week. One of the prompts, September. one of the prompts that we put out is um, the re, uh, shoot, what is it? Ear Biscuits is the reason I blank. So let's just start there with a few. Let's listen to one. Ear Biscuits is the reason that I get in my car in the morning and actually wanna go to work. I have over an hour commute and being able to listen to Rhett and Link talk about stories from their lives and be introspective on different things that have been going on around the world is really fantastic to go into every single day. Starting my morning with two best friends is definitely how I'd like to start my day for the rest of my life. Thank you for that, Noah. That was Noah Cook. Are we saying last names? Uh, In that case, I just did. Some people submitted first and last names. Some people just did first names. Some people did like nicknames. So we'll just do whatever you did. Thanks, Noah. I, I mean, I've I think that I would like to ride into work with two best friends who just wouldn't shut up in the back seat the whole time. Wait, this is the thing. This is my issue with what Noah said. Is it makes me feel like we're not giving Noah enough content. I mean, Noah's Why? riding. Yeah, well, he has an hour commute. Riding to work. On a, assuming he works daily, you know, Monday oh, through yeah. Friday, we're doing this once a week. Yeah, I don't Are know. We're gonna he, have to go to five times a week. I don't know what he does the other four mornings out of the week, but um, <laughs> Taylor does something different. Let's listen to that voicemail. Hey, Rhett and Link, 
Ear Biscuits is the reason I get so much stuff done around my house. That is my chicken in the background if you heard him. But Ear Biscuits helps me keep focused on what I'm doing and it's entertaining as well. So anytime that I finish an episode, I realize that I've done about an hour's worth of work without even realizing it. So keep it up and we love you and you guys are awesome. <laughs> Bye guys. And by we, I think the chicken is included. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor, and thank you, the Taylor's chicken. Chicken, chicken. I would love for to have a chicken us. in the background. I wish I could be on more phone calls with people who have chickens in the background. I mean, it's just something that we need more of. But I do think that that is something, you know, that's how, that's how I listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts while driving yeah. or while doing something. I mean, do does anyone just sit down and be like, what are you doing? Well, right now, what I'm doing is only listening to a podcast. Have you, have you ever done this? Um, I actually, yeah, I'm always doing something else, usually driving, but I've started mountain biking. I think I told you this. Uh, I'll mountain bike up when I'm doing the climbs. Like typically my routes are majority climb and the majority downhill. Some routes are a little bit of, a little bit of both, but like especially for the long climb routes, mm. I'll listen to a podcast on the way up and then on the way down, I'll switch to music. Because you want to listen to the podcast when you're working hard. You want to listen to music when you're just riding the gravity. Well, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's it's fun. You know that the music gives me that that energy to like just. Uh, it's, it's it's more fun, but it's also more technical. You could die if you're not really concentrating on, mm. you know, missing certain things at a higher speed. Because some people feel like you might need music for motivation while going up a hill. But I like. Getting getting in the zone of of ideas when I'm just trying to granny granny crank it up, you know. Well, I just gotta say, I I think I I'm glad that we can be a part of your lives in this way, even if we're in the background with your chicken or in the background as you're as you're driving to work. We're not asking to be front and center. We're not asking to be completely focused on. We want you to focus on what you need to focus on. We just want to be present. It's cool to be a companion. Speaking. Yeah, yeah. It, to be, to be along for the ride. I really like picturing what what people are doing. All oh, they're getting done. Right. I mean, maybe maybe there's people who just sit down and give it their complete. You know. I mean, for the for the video version, and there are people who who prefer to watch it on YouTube. Uh, th it's still a background thing, but I think, you know, you'll stop and be like, whoa, 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 what's that look on his face? Is that an additional meaning? Is that another well, layer? There's a layer of context sometimes with yeah. the faces. Let's hear from Abby. Ear biscuits is the reason why I feel like I should install a window in my shower. <laughs> I love you guys. I love the pod. The channel's awesome. It's just really nice to see a couple of best friends succeeding in life. Um, just by being themselves, pretty epic. <laughs> Congrats on 300 episodes. Can't wait for more. Abby sounds like that's a nice voice. It's a, it's a, it's soothing. A, it's like a Delilah voice. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, yeah. like uh, I would like to hear I would like to hear free falling from Tom Petty because I'm thinking about you know my eighth grade girlfriend. Even with the laugh, the little. <laughs> I mean, that was good. Yeah, Abby, you need to go into radio. Or you at least need to consider Because it's not it. a dying industry. Maybe you should start well, a podcast. I mean, just start a podcast. You got a great voice. Two friends succeeding at life by just being themselves. I mean, I...
I like that. There might be a better, again, we, the slogans just keep coming. I yeah. mean, that's a. Succeed it, I like, the, I like the mantra of succeed at life just by being yourself. And I do think that's something that, it, you know, we're, we're processing our lives in, in front of these microphones. And there is a level of, we've gotten to a point where there's a, there's a level of expectation that, that we can come into this place as kind of like a safe space for us to process. And I look forward to that. There's plenty of times when I'm like, I don't know exactly how I feel about this, but I'm gonna get it out. And it's it's great to have a venue like that. I mean, it, it, that it's kind of, it's therapeutic in that way, but it's also so encouraging to see how many people, how it resonates, where you know, you, you're having an honest conversation and um, sometimes I even forget people are listening. At least maybe, maybe 90% I'm totally just in a conversation at certain points. Hmm. And 90%, I th- huh? I think there are times. Only 10% thinking about the fact that there's an, there's someone listening. Yeah, that's a dangerous place for me, isn't it? Yeah. Does that make you nervous? Well, I'm t- actually, I'm surprised based on, you pretty much kept yourself in check most of the time. But I, it's, it's one thing to give people what they want or something that's gonna get clicks or get listens, but it's another thing to just do something we wanna do and for it to work and resonate. Well, and I would say this whole idea of being yourself, um, it is you know making the decision long ago for a number of reasons to just talk to each other, one of them just being it was easier. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Started us on this trajectory where you got to keep digging. Like, you know, it's, it, we're not, it, this isn't performance mode, and this isn't, you know, unlike something like Ronstadt, which is obviously this, this scripted podcast. You're putting, you're, you're putting your work out there, you're putting your art out there. This is really putting ourselves out, out there, and it's actually um, given us. Like we've revealed more and more and more about ourselves, and actually kind of began to more to understand by revealing and being vulnerable. Actually, learn more about ourselves in the process. It, I mean, again, was never the intention. It's just something that sort of happened. It's a win-win. Who else do we have? Shanice. Ear biscuits is the reason why I graduated with uni degree this year. It helped me conquer my travel anxiety by keeping me entertained and calm on my long trips in and out of uni, thank you so much. Shanice is saying that the reason why they got through college or uni, whatever that is. Uh, the same thing uh, in Australia, I think. Is Ear Biscuits. <laughs> I mean, being being able to help, it's like, okay, this is the, this is the show that Shanice goes to when it's, when it's like, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm anxious. Well, I always wanted to be a, feels good. a uni professor, you know? I mean, I, I, I always love the idea of just walking around a campus and watching the, the leaves fall and going into a classroom with, with like a wild haircut and beard and like saying something that makes the, the students confused. Uh, so this is as close as we're ever gonna get. And Shanice has basically just validated that, that dream of mine. I don't think that's what Shanice was going oh, okay, for. Okay, right, yeah, that's right. But it is validating. Oh, I'll take it. Do we get do we get like an honorary copy of the degree? Mm, 
I think we might be, we might get an honorary degree at uh, that said uni, whichever uni that is. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 seven US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I got three in a row who are in a similar uh, vein, still with the prompt, Ear Biscuits is the reason I blank. Here's Rosie. Ear Biscuits is the reason I feel understood. I also stopped believing in God after being raised in a very religious environment and family. And the only difference between me and you was that I had to go through it all alone. And hearing you guys' story and how similar it is to mine, even though I live across the globe, just really helped me feel like I'm not alone out there. Thank you. Thank you, Rosie. Where yeah, you, was, thanks, Rosie. You want to just play? You want to move through all three of these, and then we can kind of talk about them together. Yeah, here's Matthew. Ear biscuits is the reason I'm much more open about losing my religion and replacing it with openness and kindness and curiosity. After growing up in the South and giving so much of myself to the Southern Baptist Church, my childhood best friend and I began touring the country and processing all of that um, just out on the road. Uh, both of your stories run really parallel to ours, and it's been a joy to share such an eye-opening experience together through Ear Biscuits. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you all so much. Love you too, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Some, we've got some parallelization happening there. That's like him and his best friend. Touring. Doing something. Touring. A band? Some sort of tour. Comedy show? Situation happening. I don't know. I don't know. All right, I got a third one here. This is Amna. Ear Biscuits is the reason I have so much knowledge about the South in the United States, despite me being totally removed from it as a Pakistani. But you know, this place I call home is also a conservative place with its Islamic traditions, rituals, etc. I find myself drawing these intricate parallels inside my head. The patriarchy, the underlying racism, intolerance. It's just been a fascinating exercise to get this outside view of something that sounds so similar. Wow, thank you for that. That, I mean, it's super cool. I mean, there's so so much feedback we got at the time and even now with this prompt on our uh, spiritual journey episodes, our Lost Years sub-series, deconstruction stories. But it was just nice to see that, you know, there's uh, people who are saying they, f they feel understood and not alone. They're, they're, they relate to our situation directly or they're coming from a totally different place on the planet. Well, I think the cool thing about what Amna shared is this the talking talking about the patterns, right? And you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. And it doesn't have to be the American South or Pakistan, but there are so many there are systems, there are oppressive systems um and people who have been in power who have been oppressing people forever, right? And you know, they may, might come in different forms, but a lot of people have suffered under those systems and then at some point questioned those systems and questioned how it relates to them personally. And, and that's another pattern. That's a pattern that's happening 
in the United States and all around the world. I mean, we're most familiar with what's happening in the United States in the evangelical church, and that is people are leaving in the, in the I know it might seem like things are getting more and more polarized, and it might seem like certain very loud voices on the fringes are getting louder and louder, and so it might seem like certain groups are growing, but the the reality is is that in a lot of ways, people are leaving behind those those old oppressive systems, and they're kind of collapsing on themselves. And I'm sure they'll be replaced with other things. And we're never, you know, it's like we're not immediately going to just have some utopia. But it's been amazing to see the number of people who have just by us together, kind of processing our story, and people hearing like, "Oh, this is this is so common." Right? I, I don't. I don't think that we were responsible for uh, a movement by any means. I think that we were just representative of a movement that has been happening for years, yeah. and we just vocalized what was happening in our little corner of this movement, and that was people beginning to question these foundational things that they had built their lives on, and now they're seeing more and more people are in the exact same boat. Um, so you know, and, th- and this is just a, f- a sampling of similar messages that we got from people who are like, hey, I basically have gone through something very similar to what you guys went through and thanks for for talking about it. To Rosie's point about loneliness, you know, I'm I'm just continually grateful that we have had the the benefit of supporting each other and being there for each other throughout our entire lives. Yeah. And especially when exploring things as weighty as your deeply held beliefs and practices, you know, it's it's just really encouraging to hear that us sharing how we leaned on each other is is then becoming something that they can lean on. And I just didn't know that was gonna happen. But it's it's cool for people not to feel alone. It's it's such a you know, it's that's just one of the things if if I need to cry, I can I can think about either being lonely or thinking of people being lonely. Like that's that's gonna do it. Hmm. I don't I don't want to cry right now. So let's uh let's let's move on to Mercedes. Actually, I think this might make me want to cry a little bit more. Ear biscuits is the reason I was initially able to get through the loss of my lifelong best friend. She'd shown me GMM years prior. And when she passed away at a young age from cancer, um, listening to their episode about the loss of a loved one on a loop each night is what brought me comfort and company in a time of isolation. And they don't know that they held my hand through that, but I can't thank them enough either way. Wow. Well, we do now, Mercedes. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you know, it's really remarkable how much that episode about Ben yeah. has connected with people. Uh, and, and again, it's it, whether you're talking about the deconstruction series, you're talking about the episode where we we talked about, you know, losing Ben. Um our our intention every time we we get ready to talk about something is not like, okay, well this is really going to this is going to bring in the listeners. This is you, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's really a decision to kind of look inside and be vulnerable and kind of speak from our perspective, which we recognize is a very particular, limited perspective, 
But what you just find repeatedly is that somebody is gonna connect with some aspect of it uh, in a way that we just, we're just sitting here talking about the guy we grew up with who were sad that he's gone. Uh, and then you just see how many people watch that and listen, I mean, on YouTube especially, we just, they were like, oh, the Ben episode, it's broken four million views, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just this phenomenon of just making a decision kind of unintentionally just to speak from the heart. And sometimes I'm like, well, I think people watch that video because it's the it's it's the rawest we've ever been. It was a difficult episode to get through, you know, for sure. And it you was don't so, see us in that it state It was so alone. raw. It's like, it, it's, it, are people watching for the spectacle of it? And okay, whatever, if, if some are, but it is really nice to hear that that is not the, that is not the majority, I, I believe, of why people are watching that episode. It's a legitimate connection. And I do think, you know, t I, it's the experience that we have in being vulnerable and then seeing how people they take it how they will, but if if it enriches their life, that's that's there's a reward cycle there that then says, okay, are there things that I am willing to explore? I'm more willing to explore things because I see that people benefit from it. I, I think there's a couple of things and. One is just personal growth, and the other one is uh, how it affects the programming of the show. From a from a personal standpoint, it, and it's not just true of being a host of a podcast. I think this is true of life: is that when you take a risk to be vulnerable, and 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 someone benefits from it, like there's there's a connection, there's there's intimacy, there's it's there's help or solace. It's it it fuels that it it gives you more courage to do that again, and I think that is the development of uh, a big aspect of this show. From a programming standpoint, you talk about something like Sex Timber. Yes, there is a we know that that's sensational. If that we're gonna t we're gonna talk yeah. about sex, yeah. and so it's not just I want to I really want I really want us to process sex and talk about it and figure it out. Cry about sex. Yeah, it's not, gonna, I mean. You're gonna cry during sex There is temper? a programming motivation that like now we're willing to go into unmined areas of our lives um, because it that's what this show has become. And so it, there is a programming producerial decision in Okay, if we talk about sex, I, I think that people are gonna come out of the woodwork and be introduced to Ear Biscuits and I'm excited about that. But I'm gonna do it subject to the values that we put in place that we're, when we, when we do it, we're gonna approach it with honesty and we're not, you know, it's not, we're not just trying to cash in. It's not, we're not gonna, that, we don't wanna do anything to make it cheap even though conceptually it could it could go that way. I think we're putting in boundaries where that's just, I mean, you know as a listener that that you expect us not to, not to like, uh, cash in's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well there's a, yeah, it's the, it's the use a topic it's the or use vulnerability. Well, we try to avoid what I might call vulnerability porn. Hmm. Right, which I do think is something that exists in media and exists on the internet and it definitely exists in our industry. 
Uh, and it can be a tough line to walk, especially like our brand is not, like our brand is comedy first with almost everything we do. This podcast has become a place where we are most honest and most vulnerable. But when you start seeing people respond to the vulnerability, then the vulnerability becomes a, a, a content strategy. I think is what you're getting at. Yeah. And that can feel a little icky. And so I ultimately what we're trying to do is, hey, we're not, we understand that these subjects and us being ob, uh, honest about these things may connect with more people and that may be good for the bottom line of the podcast and of the business. But at no point are we moving into this place where, oh, let's manipulate our audience through us being vulnerable. And that's, and that's something that you gotta think about and something you gotta keep in check. Yeah, and so do you. <laughs> yeah. Right? It goes both ways. Irabiscus is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say there's times when, when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code EAR. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. With the next prompt, it kinda went in the more comedy response direction, which kinda balances out what this show's about. So I think we can go there next. The prompt is, uh, what moments live rent free in your head from ear biscuits? And let's start with Alexander. Congratulations on 300 episodes, guys. I've listened to every single one. And the one ear biscuit moment that just truly lives rent free in my mind is when the battleship guy was narrating you guys eating imaginary s'mores. <laughs> I think <laughs> of it all the time and just a big old hunk of chocolate. Congratulations, guys. Keep doing what you do. That was our buddy Dave, Dave DeAndrea, uh, voiceover artist extraordinaire. One of the last guests we had on the show where we went through that period where occasionally we would bring in someone that we wanted to talk to, uh, but that wasn't necessarily famous. It was just more of subject matter based stuff. And as a voiceover artist, I mean, we didn't know we were gonna start asking him to like, to spitball and start doing impromptu VOs for us, but I uh, just was remember game. how much fun we had. And it's cool to know that like, it's cool to create stuff that people are just going about their everyday lives and they just remit, they, it, they just, stuff is just triggered. Well, he was, he was the voice of Battleship yeah. When did we play or listen to, was it? Was that on GMM? I feel like it was a Good Mythical More thing. And we were like making a big deal about the voice and then we yeah. tracked him down. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. And and he, he, it and turns he, out he was much more than just the voice of a battleship. Yeah, he was the voice of us eating s'mores. Right, which I, which I, I do not remember the I didn't, specific. I could though. not, I didn't remember the actual s'more thing. Stuff that we forget, people, you know, it gets stuck in people's brains. Yeah. And they're not even charging us for it. How about Nia? Hello, hello, Ear Biscuiteers. The Ear Biscuits moment that lives in my head rent-free is Link's discussion about sorting mail. Because it do be like that sometimes. You gotta go through the laborious task of sorting through all the junk mail to reach that one niche envelope that really gets you going. But it just ends up being a $5 rebate check. Hey, it's better than nothing. I'm really trying to follow this <laughs> analogy. So in that analogy of sorting the mail. Yeah, I think are, this have to go into Sextober. Are the different pieces of mail different things that you could do with one partner? Uh, or are they that's how multiple I partners? I mean, I'm not, making, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make any assumptions I, I, I took it's, it that it was like uh, different different practices that then, oh, you've you found the, you found the right one. You but found the right piece of mail. But then it turns out to be a $5 rebate, <laughs> and so you thought that you were getting I mean, something special. The analogy's fun. Yes, But it, it can be stretched, you know? I, yeah, I mean, we've gone from me like speaking in code and trying to come up with, but I mean, that is something that Christy and I would do. And it is something that we can talk about in Sextober. It's like, how do you talk about sex in your own house with other people around, children or otherwise? or. Um, but yeah, we've gone from like speaking in code and that being like a shocking, oh, this is what they're talking about now, to us doing it for four weeks in a row. But I also think that we've we've potentially ruined actually sorting the mail, like literally sorting the mail for many people. Like you, you just- I love you it, wanna again. Go, well, you wanna go to your mailbox, you wanna see if you've got, you know, if there's any checks in the mail. And you any wanna good get coupons, and all, and all you can do is think about Link in his bedroom. So I, uh, on his behalf, I apologize to you if, if, if we have ruined that for you. It all runs together for me because is sorting the mail the same story was when we were locked in the bedroom? Locked in our own bedroom? I think it was. I think that's how I told the story. I transfer whatever it is that we said and did in an episode to the internet mind. Right. It leaves my own mind because it's that I did it, I was here, it's now it's on the internet, it's available. Yeah, I got why more do, room. Why does it need to be in my mind anymore? Yeah. This is how I think about Good Mythical Morning. When people start asking questions about something we ate, it's just, I'm just like, it's, it is just a huge blur, not even a very detailed blur. Let's go to Karina. The ear biscuit moment that lives rent free in my head is Rhett talking about watching trashy reality TV for seven hours. Yeah, you were on you were on quite a tear. Now, there. did I talk about it for seven hours, or did I talk about watching it for seven hours? I don't think I talked about it for seven In my memory, hours. it was both. Uh, <laughs> you, were, I mean, I've definitely watched a lot of at least at least seven hours worth of uh, trashy reality TV. You giving people all types. And I, of I hope you know listen, permission to just love that crap. Well. Uh, they didn't need my permission. Nope. I think but what they got I, it. What I've done is I've connected with the millions, hundreds of millions of people out there who unabashedly, unashamedly watch uh, reality television, trashy reality television. And I told you this. So we're a big fan of John Wilson, How To with John Wilson on HBO, oh, yeah. which probably was a wreck at some point on this show. And 
super innovative documentary series, very quirky, very funny, very real and raw. He was a guest on Conan O'Brien's podcast, Conan Needs a Friend. And just somewhere in the middle of the conversation, like Conan was asking him what he enjoy, like what kind of entertainment he enjoys. And of uh -huh. course you got this like, what is the word, the auteur? You got somebody yeah. like him and you're like, well whatever this guy likes is gonna be this thing that's refined. And he was like, yeah. well I'm a big part of Bachelor Nation. <laughs> and he goes on to talk about how much he likes The Bachelor. And he then he, I mean I think he talked about he may have talked about too hot to handle. He talked about trashy reality TV. I mean, and I explained think, why he liked it, and I was like, you "That's start exactly a, why I like it." You can it. start a commentary channel. Well, that's been done. That's, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a big, big fuel for the commentary fire across YouTube, anyway. Mason or Maison, hmm. if that's the French pronunciation. The ear biscuits moment that lives in my head rent free is the time that Link was telling a story about him and Rhett were in the car on the way somewhere and the guy next to them at the stoplight got out of his car to get something out of the trunk and Link was like, I have a great idea. I'm gonna play a little prank on this random man. I'm gonna get into the driver's seat of his car. And Rhett responded like it was a little zany, but to me it was insane. But maybe Rhett is just used to this. I peed my pants. Did you actually do it or did you say you were gonna do it? Again, they, uh, I don't remember the specifics. I don't think I actually got in the driver's seat, but if I that's think how I, would, I told the story, I need to stand by it. I think I would remember if you actually went through with it. I remember you reacting as if it was a bit zany. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit zany, you know, nothing too serious. <laughs> uh, Amy weighed in. The ear biscuits moment that lives in my head rent-free has gotta be when the lighting fell down. Uh, the crew quickly rushed in to clean up. Rhett's completely gone off camera and Link is singing Everything is Awesome into the microphone and also trying to explain what happened. Pretty funny. <laughs> and, and I think Kiko thought Pretty he might funny. get fired after that. Because it, it was one of these things, right? It was one of these uh, yeah. circular, spherical light fixtures that fell. I'm just like, finally, good content. Yeah, and something I, happened, and I was like, "I'm gonna go and there, use there was, the bathroom." There was a spill happening, and um, I mean, a number of people responded about that particular moment. It really lives in people's heads because it was such—I guess it was such an outlier to what normally happens on the show, and the fact that we just kind of went with it and kept it in there. People love that, and that's why I was like, "Yes, this is this is great." People are gonna remember this forever. But the thing you have to be careful of is then you can't engineer the light falling down next time. Mm. You know, some people are not are not yeah. above that. Whoop, the light, uh, see, like that? Right, yeah. It would have seemed a little planned. Yeah. Crystal. The ear biscuits moment that lives in my head rent-free is when Red was telling his story about his family trip to Scotland, and then at the very end, he says, well, turns out we're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that, that moment, was a, that was a great moment. That lives in my head. That that's one I haven't forgotten. That I kind of remember pretty regularly with a little bit of shame. Yeah, but as an ear, not biscuit, that I'm ashamed to be Irish. I remember it as an ear biscuit moment because I knew it was coming. But then when you hit us with it, it was just like talk about burying the lead. It was just perfect. Uh, that was that just felt good. That and that's one of those things that has you know recently spending time with my family the 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 McLaughlins up in uh, the mountains you know when I was in North Carolina a while back 
we was the same group that had gone to Scotland together. Yeah. And so they're not really letting me live that down and also kind of holding me to this idea that we now have to go to Ireland. It's the running joke. Yeah, so mom can break her other ankle. Who, who's, who's pushing that trip the most? And do they, cause they really, someone really wants to go to Ireland. Uh, Your dad? My dad definitely mentions it more than anyone. It's hilarious, man. I mean, I think we gotta I mean, make it happen. I mean, if we were like to talk about the top 10 funniest moments of the show, which I, you know, maybe at 500 episodes. Okay. That's what we can do. That would definitely be on it. Like the, like the biggest laughs from us, Anna. The Air Biscuits moment that lives in my head rent free is it's not that I'm stupid, it's that I can suspend my intelligence. That, no, I, I, that's I'm right. I'm guessing that you said that. I, you don't remember when I said that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, one. I mean, that, it was a personal realization that I had in conversation with Lando and then with Lily. I was just trying to, I remember trying to figure out how they perceived the internet me versus the real life dad me. And I just kinda, I gleaned that piece of wisdom that made me feel better about, I, I experienced freedom through this phrase even now. Cause it's like, I can be as stupid as I want and say, you know what? I don't care if people think I'm stupid, I'm in control of it. Right. That may not be completely true, but it, but that's the narrative that I'm not now putting out into the world. I think that's a good story to tell yourself, and it could also <laughs> be a good T-shirt. I don't know why never we never made it. <laughs> Phoebe, the Abyss moment that lives in my head rent free is one Christmas when you guys were talking about Christmas gifts that you were getting for everybody, and Brett was talking about how he was getting one for Christine. He was getting some sort of like some sort of food, like pickled food or something, and he had to jump over a fence to go to the place and he completely like ripped his leg up and it's stories like that that get me through school that it was then and now university now, so cheers guys. Well Phoebe, I'm glad I could provide that. I could help <laughs> you get through your day by ruining my leg. I actually- <laughs> How's that going by the way? I went to uh, pick up some food at a pizza place that was at that same intersection and I haven't been to that intersection yeah. Since the incident, uh huh, and this was just a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh, what is familiar about this?" I was like, "Oh, yes, there's that place that I got those pickled stuff, pickled She's things right. for Christy, and then there's the fence, <laughs> and it just looked so harmless, like from my car. <laughs> it just looked like how could how could how could that injure a man? It really did. It re I don't even remember it what really part did, of yeah. my leg it cut, but it was bad." But I'm glad it gave it gave Phoebe some entertainment. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. 
Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. All right, now let's move on to the third and final prompt we have, which was Ear Biscuits changed the way I look at blank. You ready to get into this? Yeah. With Catalina? Ear Biscuits has changed the way that I look at therapy. I now think that there's not one person on this earth who wouldn't benefit from therapy, and I have Ear Biscuits to thank for that. Oh, well, we definitely agree with you. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think, you know, coming from two guys who at one point definitely believed that, oh, we don't need therapy. Like, why would why would we need therapy? Maybe counseling. <laughs> yeah, you always make the distinction between therapy and counseling. I never really went down that rabbit hole so hard, but, you know, I was resistant for a really long time until my wife made the appointment, as, I, as I've told before, but I completely agree with you that this this idea that the, the stigma around therapy is in my mind it's as dumb as there being a stigma around having a you know a primary care physician that's worrying about you physically, um, and it's been so cool. This is one of the most rewarding things that has come out of Ear Biscuits for me, just because I understand personally how um, beneficial therapy has been, and people saying that I actually started going to therapy because there seemed to be this barrier that was broken down because you guys talked about it. Knowing how transformational that can be because it's been transformational for me. I mean, if nothing else came from anything that we did and it was just some people like Catalina hmm. decided to go to therapy, then I think this uh, whole exercise would be more than worth it. You know what, I think I agree with that. And in that case, maybe we should just end every episode with and go to therapy, and then that's the, that, that's the end of every episode. No matter what we're talking about, no matter what the ending point is, just tack it on. Okay. Matter of fact, Kiko, when I just said it, and go to therapy, you can put that on the end of the episode. Maybe we'll just test it on this and episode. And then you give, give Kiko a version of you so we can alternate so that you know it's an us thing and not a me thing. And go to therapy. Why did you emphasize go? I just wanted it to be a little different. I'm I I have my therapy session tonight. Okay, you going? <laughs> exactly. I I I I have a confession to make. As, right, here we go. As much as we talk, as as impactful as it is in my life, I'm still in this. I'm still in this weird place where like every time I'm like maybe maybe he won't show up on the on the Zoom call because we do it remotely now. I don't know what it is. I'm so well. No, you're not alone in that. We're not going to get into this, but I'm just going to say, it is, it it has been so rewarding to my therapeutic experience in therapy. <laughs> but I will say that it's still a constant struggle from week to week in terms of how I interact with, how I approach it, yeah. and being ready for it, and thinking that I would rather just do anything else. Every single week. Listen, you're not alone in that. And I, as someone who has benefited greatly from therapy, 
rarely, if ever, my wife and I talk about this all the time, when that appointment comes around, am I like, yes, I'm always like, man, I just rather watch television. You know, I always wanna do something else. I Every single time I wanna do something else. And then when it's over, I'm like, man, this is so helpful. So, yeah. it, I don't know, unlike Jesse, who's like, always thinking about when the next therapy is uh, yeah. and, and it just kind of embraces it. I, I could learn from that. All right, here's a, here's a different response. Rachel. Ear Biscuits has changed the way that I look at being from the South. I grew up in a small town in Kentucky and after college I moved away to a bigger city and I've changed the way that I look at a lot of things like religion and some social issues and Brett and Link have shown me, especially through Ear Biscuits, that it's okay to still embrace your Southern roots, but also to grow and be a new person and have new ideas. Thank you, Rachel. That's 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 a cool nuanced response. Because I know I know that I am guilty from time to time. Like if I get frustrated about something, like people, you know, being scared of the vaccine or not believing, you know, in evolution or whatever, I go into my Southern accent. Uh-huh. And I want to portray that mentality. I'm guilty of that. I usually defend it by saying that I am from the South and those sentiments tend to be a little bit more highly concentrated in the South. But I do, I'm, I'm glad that Rachel picks up on the fact that we're not ashamed to be from the South. We're not ashamed to be from North Carolina. Like we are proud to be from North Carolina. We're pr- we, we are who we are, we talk the way that we talk and we think the way that we think and act the way that we act largely because of where we come from. But at the same time, we do recognize that a lot of those things that we that we thought were you know, we've kind of we've we've moved beyond them. We've changed, we've grown. And that's and also that's not something to be ashamed of. It, there's nothing to right. be ashamed with suddenly thinking some things and doing some things that you would have thought were Unkosher or wrong or whatever when you were when you were younger, so uh, yeah, it, it, like you said, this is kind of a nuanced perspective, but I appreciate it because I don't ever want to communicate that we're like we don't like the South and we're ashamed of the South. It's just that there's things that we thought and believe that we are glad that we no longer think and believe. Yeah, I think when we talk about it, it's because we still consider ourselves Southern. That's something that we will always be. Yeah, it's not something that we're trying to hide. Let's see what Kate's got to say. Ear biscuits has changed the way I look at old Southern white men. (laughs) That's it? (laughs) Old Southern white. Yeah. So so now we're being more specific. (laughs) You you added this one in. Is this a trap for me? Uh, No. Old Southern and white? I guess I am. Yeah, I mean, but hey, but no, no, I think, no, maybe we're we're changing the, the image of old Southern white men. Maybe, yeah, there's people who don't have old Southern white men in their lives. In their lives. We'll be, we'll, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be those guys if you need us to. I mean, <laughs> we'll be the old Southern guys. Oh my gosh, I'm just hoping that. Hey, Kate, you what? want some butter beans? Yeah, Kate is, is just a positive thing. It didn't necessarily sound positive, but. Kate, you need to work on your inflection of positivity. If Kate went through the trouble of doing this, I have to believe that the intention was that it is to be taken as a compliment, you know? Well, compliment accepted. There we go. <laughs> Maggie. Your biscuits has changed the way I look at my own spirituality. When the deconstruction videos came out, I was too scared to watch them. 
I didn't trust myself to listen to your spiritual journeys and come out of it the same person. Over a year later, I finally worked up the nerve to listen to them, and they changed my life. I was a queer evangelical Christian deeply in the closet, and for the first time, I felt like I had the right to take steps back from the things that had hurt me my entire life. Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you, Maggie. Maggie, thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah, the fact that there was, a, there was an entire year, I mean. Listen, I, I totally get, get it that you're like. Blows me away. I don't wanna, you know, I recall people just, you know, friends, people that I was in contact with uh, when we were kind of going through our deconstruction many years ago who would be like, I listen, I don't really want, I don't want you to talk to me about this. Yeah, yeah. Because I have this sense that if you were to talk to me about this, it would make me think things that are gonna drastically complicate my life. Because listen, it is incredibly difficult to extricate yourself from a belief system. Because usually it's, there's, there's family tied into it. There's there's a there's a story and a security that's tied into it. Sometimes there's a career tied into it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that make it difficult to be like, yeah, okay, I don't know if I necessarily believe this, but the alternative is what? The alternative is me going through hell in order to get out of this. And if you're still in that belief system, maybe thinking that you would actually literally go to hell if you were to extricate yourself from this, yeah. that's tough, that's heavy shit, man. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you can, I think you can hear it, you can hear it in Maggie's voice that they're happy that they went through this process, you know? And not, I'm not saying it was easy, I don't know Maggie's particular story. Um, Prioritizing your own safety and yeah. your own well-being is, such an important and at times extremely difficult thing to do in ways that I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. And I just, I'm honored that, again, us just processing our experience has a positive impact in, in people's lives. I'm actually surprised that I don't, I don't carry that around as a weight. There's something about this experience for me that is um, exciting and freeing because it's, I don't have to have all the answers and I don't have to be prescriptive for anyone, but as we've talked about before, sorry to beat a dead horse, but the, the, the cycle of reward of being vulnerable and just being honest and then letting people take it for what it's, what it's worth and taking, gleaning positive impact in their own life is, it just makes me feel so good uh, that I'm I'm somehow bypassing getting in my own head about it. I guess it's never too late, but I'm I'm grateful that are you are this you, is a healthy place for me to are be. Are you are you are you getting at the the dynamic of making the decision to talk about some of the things that we talk about, and and especially when you get into talking about religion, and obviously doing it from a non-expert standpoint. Yeah, we may have been professional Christians, but not, you know, I don't have a, a, a divinity degree. We're not, you know, it, 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 so talking about these things just from a personal perspective and then knowing that it's going to have repercussions. I mean, some, some of the, I, there, I listened to a few of these that I actually didn't include mm -hmm. uh, 
just because it gets, not because it gets a little heavy, but you just, there's a lot of people who are like, listen, I, I basically left this belief system. I left this belief system. I left this belief system because you guys decided to share. And that, are you saying that that feels like a responsibility that you're kind of potentially having a, a, a weight too, too heavy of an influence on people's like the weightiest decisions that they can make? I think I could feel that, but I don't because of how, because the boundary that I put in place in how I approach these conversations. That it's, it's not our, people's application is not our responsibility. It's, 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 it's the listener's responsibility, what they're gonna apply and how, it, how they're gonna, how it's gonna affect yeah. their lives. Just because you, it's not just hearing something, it's, there's a lot of other factors and it's, it's their responsibility how, what they do with it. Um, I think that's but, how I, I think that's how I, not rationalize it, but I think that's how, I, I think the, for me the reality is that we're just a drop in the bucket. We may be the yeah. straw that breaks the camel's back in some situations, but just like we used to say back when we were sharing the gospel with people, on average people need to hear the gospel 19 times before they make a decision. <laughs> you know, us telling our story isn't going to take somebody from point A to point B. There's all kinds of things that are happening and it, sometimes it can just be a slight different perspective. And again, we don't tell these stories so that people will stop being Christians. Like that's not the motivation. I will say that my motivation is that people will remove themselves from harmful belief systems, whether those belief systems are harmful to themselves or to others. And in some cases that might be some forms or some expressions of things like Christianity. But you know, yeah, I think that that was Maggie's process and, and, and Maggie's process was being in a belief system where their identity, their very identity was being questioned. That was something that we had the privilege of not having to worry about, being who we are and the demographic that we come from, our identity was anything but questioned in, the, in that evangelical yeah. setting. It was all validated. So our journey's different. But yeah, I think that um, it it is a heavy responsibility, and we do take. I, I mean, I will say we take it seriously. Like, yeah, we calculate the things that we say, and there are sometimes that we might say something, and then we think about it a little bit later, and we say, mm, I think that that could be taken the wrong way, and to say, Hey, Kiko, let's take that out. You know, we don't do this podcast live because we are very concerned about being able to. We, we know that people listen to it and are getting something from it and sometimes applying it to serious parts of their lives. So we, we take that responsibility. I'm not saying we edit it on a regular basis. I'm saying every once in a while we might say something and be like, that might be taken the wrong way. Let's not yeah. include that. And it, by the way, credit to our, our team, credit to Kiko as well as Jenna and other yeah. team members who uh, they serve as a filter for, you know, I they believe the best in us, and they know what we're trying, what what we're trying to do, and what what we're trying to communicate. And so there, there are. It's, it's not infrequent for us to have conversations about, hey, I feel like this might have been unintentionally triggering, or yeah. came out the wrong way, um, and then so maybe we just cut around this just because it it could be misunderstood, and because we're works in progress. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I hope, I hope that that, too. that ten years from, we say the wrong things and we didn't even know it. Lots of times, yeah. I, I mean, I and hope sometimes that, I say things and I didn't, 
and I never intended it. All these yeah. things happen. But 10 years from now, I hope that I'm different than I am right now. And then 10 years later, I hope I'm different than I am 10 years from now. So um, I don't really, I mean, the the point being that, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you don't take it, that you don't take it, you don't take it too much on yourself. You don't see that responsibility as something that becomes debilitating and then you're afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And so, but I will, since we're talking about the team here, I'll say, you know what? We wouldn't, we, the show wouldn't be what it is, Kiko, without your help. Jenna, thanks for being here too, for all your help in that. And uh, we really appreciate it, Kiko. I can't see your face, but I know, there it is. Hiding behind hands. the glass, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Kiko's voice is also in this thing, so even though it's not. Not at, literally not on literally, this episode. Usually. Right. All right, we, we're not done with some good stuff though. Tucker, let's see what Tucker's gotta say. Your Biscuits has changed the way I look at myself, uh, whether it's from the Enneagram episode or the spiritual deconstruction or really any of them. Uh, it's just nice to hear from two guys who have similar thoughts as I do and uh, who understand what it's like to grow up in the South and uh, have different ideas, so thanks. and. Congrats on 300 episodes. Thanks, Tucker. I had a dog named Tucker. And you have a brother Bro- named Cole. Brother named Cole. Which is his last name. Wow. Maybe it's we actually. We really are connected to Maybe Tucker. it's actually your dog and my brother getting together and like forming an entity that is now communicating with us. Is that possible? Definitely. Talk about being from the South and Definitely. having different ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have different ideas, you know? Tucker, thanks for thanks for listening. Jacob. Your biscuits has changed the way I look at my button. <laughs> my okay. button. Jacob is talking about the button that we discussed extensively. That is the button that you press. Oh, uh, the not to get as graphic as I'm gonna get during September, but there is a button and it's really just a region of your taint. Oh, <laughs> <am> I- <laughs> that you can press if you haven't gotten all your pee out. I, I saw a bunch of people talking about milking the snake and I'm like, oh, we're not going back there, but you get, you're getting pretty close. Yeah, right, that is part of it sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I, the funny thing is, is we had a discussion with a, a group of guy friends uh, that listened to the, to the podcast and uh, if I recall correctly, they were either split or- Our college buddies? They, or just, not, uh, just guys who I listen think, to the podcast. Yeah. None of them, I didn't want to specifically call them out, but yes, our college buddies. I don't think any of them knew about the button. And I thought they all did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know if everybody's got a button. I definitely got one. <laughs> well, I've told you what I thought, but I just don't want to go back into it because if I'm, that's the one that I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have talked about that one. Well, but you know what? It apparently had an impact on Jacob. All right, let's get to Gabia. Air biscuits has changed the way I look at my embarrassing or not so good moments in life. Hey, at least I have a good start done. <laughs> hey, listen. At least I have a good start. That's our philosophy. I gotta say, doing this podcast has actually changed the way I think about difficult stuff. It, there's been a few times. Now, I mm-hmm. may not project that I am constantly worried about things, but I'm pretty much constantly worried about things, right? And so like, especially if I'm on- Like uh, a high overlook. Well, I'm scared of heights, but no, like if I'm <laughs> if I'm on vacation and I, and like, I mean, Jenna can attest to this, when I was in 
Scotland and I don't know, I think we, we there was a moment where, I probably talked about this in the, in the thing, but where I realized that one of the, the vans weren't insured because I thought that they were automatically insured because I'd used my credit card, which automatically takes care of that, but because they were beyond a certain number of passengers that they didn't apply and so I'm driving these vans around uninsured and I'm in the middle of like the highlands of Scotland and I start freaking out and I'm like calling Jen, I'm like, we gotta figure out how we gotta do this and so anyway, but it had, doing this podcast has changed the way I approach those moments where I think the world might be about to end. And I know that not ha- having un- uninsured vans is not like an apocalyptic situation, but sometimes I can quickly get to that point. Hmm. But when something, cra- that day in Scotland when all of a sudden like the bridge went out and the, and the water was coming across and I was like, I don't know how we're gonna get back and I think my mom's got a broken ankle and we gotta take a ferry. In those moments, I'm holding on to the comfort of knowing I'm gonna be able to talk about this on Ear Biscuits. You know, like if I, I make it. I'm gonna be able to bring this to the Ear Biscuiteers and we're all gonna connect by me talking about this harrowing experience. And I but you know what? You don't have to have a podcast to have a good story. And I think that's the that's the lesson in uh is you, it you just have to have a really robust blog. You don't even have to have a blog. You just having a good story. You know, and what was it? Um, I, th- I thought you told it's, me it's, that somebody told a guy back home. I don't know if he made it up, but when I was leaving and moving out, he said, "Remember, it's better to have a good story than a good time." <laughs> and I don't necessarily know if I specifically relate to that because I think being in the moment and having a good time if is important. If you're not having a good time, at least have a good story. That's the right. That's way to the th- saying. If you, that's what it should be. If you're not having a good time, at least have a good story. There you go. You know, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, those are all the voicemails that we're gonna read. Um, sorry we couldn't play all of them, but that would be crazy. Um, and But we listened to every single one. Actually we didn't, but we listened to enough of we them. We listened to a lot of them. Yeah, and we cherish all of them. Thank you for submitting your voicemails. Thank you for being a part of this. It's a, it's a privilege. It really is an honor to be, to, be, to find ourselves in a position where we're just talking and then it's a, it becomes a part of people's lives. It's memories are triggered, there's inside jokes are had, uh, relationships are formed and, and broken. And over these the things. podcast <laughs> itself is shaped so significantly by the ongoing conversation that we have with you. Yeah. I, you know, in the alternative timeline, if you know the multi one particular understanding of the multiverse theory is correct, there is one timeline where Rhett and Link decided to start Ear Biscuits and they talked to each other and they never read anybody talking about it. And it's just, it's the Rhett and Link with no influence podcast just going on and on and on. Do you think about how different that version of the podcast would be than this version of the podcast which happens in the context of the community of mythical beasts who listen? It Drastically different. It probably wouldn't exist, but it, probably if it did, it exist. would be drastically different. So we've thanked the crew, we've thanked each other, I think. Thank you. Thank you, Link. Um, and now we're thanking you dear listener for for making us a part of your of your listening life or if you watch on YouTube you're watching and listening life it it means a lot to us to know that for over an hour every week we're we're a part of your life it's just it really is 
crazy to think about it. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, I mean, to Rhett's point, let's keep the conversation going. I do have a wreck. You know I love a good music documentary. You know, and I got a, I got a number of people in my life that are that will send me stuff and get me hip to some some new new okay. music docs because I I like them. But I found this one on my own. It, well, it's it wasn't hard to find because when you're if you have Apple TV, a new show is going to pop up. And this one is called uh, "Watch the Sound" with Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson of many years ago when we went to a a a YouTube creator summit, like an invitation only, uh, a small group of creators going to this room in New York and then they bring in people like Wes Anderson or the previous year was Will Smith. They're all, you know, um, Mark Ronson came in there and he told a story about developing his album and getting Stevie Wonder to play on his album and the way that he told that story I was just, I was in tears, like I was crying. I just remember how much it moved me. And then when I saw that he has a series on Apple TV, I was like, I gotta check this out. And I, I quickly remembered how he's, he's, he's a really good storyteller. And the way, he's, he's an interesting personality, especially on screen. But you know, if you don't know who Mark Ronson is, he's, he's a, uh, he's a, He's the uptown funk guy with Bruno Mars. He's a he's a Amy Winehouse's producer, and he came up that way, and um, so now he's a v- very well established uh, music producer and DJ. But in every episode, he goes through an aspect of music production, and even if it sounds kind of dry, like episode one is on auto tune, episode two is on sampling. I haven't watched episode on reverb synthesizers, drum machines, and distortion, but based on the first two, I love it because it's really immersive. He talks to really high profile guests, like he he interviews Paul McCartney, and that interview is woven throughout at least the first two episodes. The one on Autotune, he kinda goes through his own personal journey of of going from hating Autotune to trying his hand at it. And it talk about vulnerability. There's this hilarious moment where he's like trying to sing through an auto tune filter, having never really done it. And it's like a little cringy. And for a guy who like has a reputation, it was just it's just really refreshing how he approaches this thing. So if you have any interest in the things I'm talking about, you'll love this. Watch the sound with Mark Ronson. Well, thanks for sticking with us on this journey of 300 episodes, and you know what? We're gonna be back again next week with number 301, and also the beginning of September. September. And go to therapy.